Welcome to Name Drop San Diego. I'm your host, Christy Totten. My guest today is Dr. Natalie Rodriguez, a family physician who works at UC San Diego. Dr. Rodriguez is the Associate Director of the Student-Run Free Clinic, a clinic that treats underserved communities in the region. Dr. Rodriguez's family immigrated from Cuba, and she's a first-generation college graduate that took a non-linear path into medicine. In this interview, she talks about how her upbringing shaped her as a doctor and how she shares her story to show students there's not just one way to reach your goals. Here's our interview. Dr. Natalie Rodriguez from UCSD, thank you so much for joining me on Name Drop. I'm so excited to be here with you, Christy. Thanks for inviting me. Um, as we were just talking about before I started recording, I know it's a really crazy time in the medical profession right now. What are you seeing at the student-run clinic? You know, we are seeing um, definitely an uptick in our patients who have um, tested positive or are uh, have symptoms and maybe are struggling to access testing. Uh, so it's it's definitely been a challenging time. Um, and we were so excited um, because we've been moving towards bringing more patients back in person after doing telehealth for much of the pandemic. And we've kind of had to um, to kind of slow down with that and pull back a little bit, reassess because our patients are very vulnerable and high risk. And so we always want to make sure that everything that we're doing is keeping our patients safe um, and healthy. And so that's, that's where we're at today. Gotcha. Yeah. That's so heavy. I mean, as um, you know, someone in medicine, I'm sure this is really frustrating for you that this has continued to be a problem. Like, what are we doing wrong? What should we be doing? Oh, um, great questions. And I think um, we're kind of playing catch up, right? As the virus um, mutates and changes and these new variants come out, um, what worked uh, uh, even a couple of months ago, right? We just have to reassess and pivot and um, make changes. And so I think it's just teaching us um, to be flexible, um, uh, to go with the flow. And, um, and I think there's definitely you know, that call that we want to do what's best for ourselves and, and, uh, but also, um, you know, public health is really important and how can we be, um, taking care of ourselves as a community? Um, what are the ways that our choices affect others and how can we have that community mindset, that public health mindset that, um, it's not just about me and the things that are, you know, hard, my choices, inconvenient, um, but how can we all be making choices that point us all towards greater health? Did you ever see yourself working in a situation like this, a global pandemic? Is that something that crossed your mind when you went into medicine? No, never. Um, if anything, like I imagined maybe doing, you know, disaster relief work or, working in situations globally where there was lack of access, um, 
and obviously, you know, I've been a part of the student run free clinic project since I was a medical student 20 years ago. And so working with vulnerable marginalized populations has always been something that's been very close to my heart, but no, never a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so wild. Um, wild. Well, I want to I want to talk more about you. So recently you won a humanism in medicine award from the Arthur, Arthur P. Gold Foundation. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Um, it's really about compassionate care and mentorship, two things you're obviously really good at. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, um, you know, like what is your philosophy in medicine and what do you bring to the student run free clinic? That's a great question. I think my philosophy has always been um, about humanism, and I don't know that I necessarily would have used that word um, like when I started as a medical student. I think it was really about just showing up um, and being myself and bringing my own humanity into the encounters. Um, I've never been someone who had, um, I don't know, like a super formal relationship with my patients. Uh, um, uh, and I often, uh, especially at the free clinic, have um, not worn a white coat. Um, I always wanted to be really approachable. And I think that um, over time, I have been so lucky to get to build incredible relationships with my patients. Some of my patients I met when I was a first year medical student and I'm still getting to take care of them, wow. which is beautiful and awesome and what a gift, but also speaks to the challenges of access to care um, that uh, in 20 years, many of my patients have not been able to um, to acquire true access to care, to be able to access healthcare in a more traditional setting. But, um, but yeah, I, I am my true self <laughs> um, at clinic with um, my patients and also with my students. Um, and I think that a human to human interaction is um, really key to the relationships that I've built uh, with my patients over time. And, hopefully the, the relationships I've built with my students over time as well. And just modeling that, I think when we come together as two people and not necessarily I'm the doctor um, who, you know, let me tell you what you should do to be healthy, but really just listening to my patient's stories, um, learning about their lives, learning about their challenges, um, learning from them um, so much about resilience um, and grit and how to face adversity with a lot of grace. Um, that's really just been uh, core to uh, my experience as a physician and what I hope that our students get to, to see and, and model as well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's amazing that you worked at the student-run free clinic, um, you know, as a college student yourself, you're now a, a, an associate director of it. Um, what have been some of, you know, the successes, some of the challenges and successes in running it? And I guess, you know, another question I have is like the compassionate care that you mentioned and, and treating somebody like a whole person and even caring about them beyond their medical issues. Why is that so unusual, you know, in, in medicine? 
Um, well, I will answer that by saying, I think we're so fortunate. And one of the things that I love about getting to work at the free clinic is that we're not tied to the same timelines that other physicians are in more traditional settings. So we get to spend as much time with our patients as we want and as much time as our patients need. Our patients have, you know, very complex um, social histories. They have very complex lives. Um, and because of um, many uh, factors. They also have very complex medical histories, and those are not issues that can be addressed appropriately or solved or um, considered in a 10-minute or 15-minute visit. And so we just have so much more time and space to explore that with our patients. It's a huge gift. <laughs> um, and, and I think it really does help um, in building those relationships because we're able to get to know our patients and then the longevity of the relationships you know so many of our patients we've known for many many years and so you hear about you know family um, you learn grandkids names and um, and all of that so that's a huge huge gift and uh, don't I don't take that for granted um, and then, you know, just the opportunity for students too. I think so much of what I tell students is you have your whole career to see patients fast. Um, efficiency is not the name of the game here at Free Clinic. It really is that depth of the experience and really allowing the patient to be your teacher, not just of medicine, but of life and uh, getting to address, you know, all of their concerns in, in one visit. Um, it is something very, very special that um, students and, and anyone in healthcare doesn't really get to, to do in too many spaces. So I think that's really special about free clinic. For sure. I love what you just said about allowing the patient to be your teacher. <laughs> that's really, that's really it's, beautiful. It's one of our core philosophies um, of care at the free clinic is letting, letting the community and our patients teach us and of course, right? They're gonna teach us about medicine, <laughs> uh, but um, I, I can truly say that they, um, I have learned so much about life and resiliency, especially during the pandemic um, from, from our patients. So. Um, well, I wanna ask you more questions about your work in the clinic, but I wanted to pivot to a lightning round, which is just a bunch of random questions, um, okay. <laughs> hopefully to get to know you better. And sure. the first one is, what is a song that is, um, that's gotten you through a hard time or is just meaningful to you for some reason? Hmm. Oh my goodness. I have to pick one. You can say a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also really bad with song titles. I'm very good with um, bands, but um, I'm the same. You can sing it if that makes it better. Oh, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I would never do that either. But um, oh my goodness! Um, you know, uh, my favorite band is um, the National, and um, their music really has uh, carried me through um, many seasons of my life, but there's been a lot of record playing in my house in the last couple of years. Um, and I've really enjoyed even that, just the, 
like slowing down and putting on the record and just being really present with the music. So I don't know that I could say like one song in particular, but but their music um, has been really special to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great answer. What, what other things do you do to unwind from your very serious job? Um, I have two dogs and they um, are wonderful. They're both senior dogs, both rescues and um, spending time with them and being present with them, taking them for walks, um, going to the beach uh, is a great way um, that I unwind. Um, and uh, yeah, they're cute. They're funny. That's awesome. Um, what kind of dogs? Um, they're both mutts. Uh, one is a terrier lab mix Cute. and one is like a poodle mix. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and then I, I really, uh, I'm a total extrovert. Um, so being with people is actually really renewing for me. And so spending quality time with my friends and my family is something that's really important to me, something I make time for, even in the midst of um, the busyness. Yeah. But what I would say is most life-giving to me, what I love the most um, is travel. And that's something that, that has very much been missing from my life um, for the last two years. And so, um, gosh, I really hope that we, we get to come out of the other side of this um, because I miss seeing the world. I miss meeting new people, experiencing, experiencing new cultures. Um, I feel pretty ready to, to get back to that. There's like a part of my heart that yes. um, just isn't getting its needs met. Um, I, I haven't gotten to do that in so long. Totally agree. That was like my new year's resolution for this year. I was like, I just want to travel as much as possible. <laughs> and then it's like the Omicron news. And I'm like, Maybe this year is not the year. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I did also, uh, I have to say, I, um, like so many people, this is um, so basic of me, but um, I did uh, acquire quite a habit for um, houseplants during the Yes. Pandemic. Nice. What does your collection look like now? I'm also a crazy plant lady. <laughs> so. um, too much. Everyone who comes over to my house is like, wow, there's a lot of plants. I don't have uh, my... <laughs> pretty small so I don't have a lot of places to put them so they're all in front of my fireplace nice. <laughs> um, it's pretty jungly but I but would I've... love to see a picture even oh. if it's not for pub pub publishing <laughs> I would just love to see it I'll have to send you a picture for that sure sounds, that sounds awesome well I agree never too many plants never too many dogs so it sounds like you're doing it right um, what are some <laughs> of your favorite spots in San Diego <gasps> oh my goodness um I love Balboa Park um, and it is a place that I, I try to get to uh, weekly um, and go for a walk and just enjoy um, the scenery, enjoy the people, um, enjoy like live music when it's happening in the park. Um, yeah, it is, I would say like one of my absolute happy places in San Diego. Um, I love the beach. Coronado is the closest beach, uh, so it's where I go most often, but um, obviously love Torrey Pines when I can get up there and do a little bit of hiking. Um, I love Little Italy. Uh, I love the people watching, and um, 
uh, it's just such a fun place to um, to be and enjoy. I enjoy watching other people enjoy our city, and I feel like that's one of my favorite places where where I get to do that. And then I love my neighborhood, um, and it's just so. Um, there's just such a sense of community and of neighborhood pride. And I'm so thankful that um, people really came together to support our local businesses. Um, so um, spending time in the neighborhood is really important to me as well. I love all your answers to these questions. It seems like you're really good at getting out there and enjoying our city and enjoying your life and taking care of yourself. You know, like that's not like people don't always give those answers, but like you seem to prioritize that, which is great. I, I try. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I mean, just recognizing too, um, you know, I'm, I'm single and so um, my, I'm responsible for my animals, um, but <laughs> it, it does afford me a certain amount of freedom to be able to um, you know, spend time with friends and family and enjoy um, San Diego and enjoy the world in a way that um, is sometimes hard in, in a different stage of life. Sure. No, I mean, I mean it in a completely positive way. It's just like awesome that you're getting out there and like really enjoying this place we live, you know, and really um, taking advantage of the time we have here. Yeah. San Diego um, is a pretty special place. So. I agree. Um, okay. Final question for you in this round is, do you have a hero? Um, not one, uh, there's definitely been so many influential, um, people in my life, uh, that have helped me get to where I am today. Um, but, you know, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about my grandparents recently. Um, I'm so lucky to still have three living grandparents. And um, I'm pretty close with all of them and get to spend time with them. But um, as I've gotten older and as I've gotten closer with them, um, I'm so uh, thankful for the sacrifices that they made uh, that allow me to have the life that I have now. Um, their sacrifices, their encouragement, um, their uh, support along the way really kind of paved the way for for me, for my my parents, and and then for me to, and my sister to, um, yeah, to enjoy um, life the way um, that that we get to today, and and we wouldn't um, if it hadn't been for um, the choices that they made, the sacrifices that they made. So. Um, they are my, they're my current heroes that I'm, I'm ruminating on. Awesome. I, I read that you are um, the child of Cuban immigrants and a first generation college student. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, how did that shape you just as a, as a person and also as a doctor? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. Um, my, I grew up hearing so many stories about life in Cuba um, and the challenges that my family faced that um, ultimately 
um, helped them decide um, to leave. And they came as, as refugees in the 60s and 70s. And um, that certainly shaped my childhood. Um, and I think it gave me, um, I don't know, just an intimate understanding of um, the challenges of life um, that uh, even though my life, I, I, I feel very um, privileged to um, have had, you know, a really supportive family, to have gotten to go to um, an amazing high school that really set me up for success for college. Um, and so even though my family, you know, didn't exactly know how to guide me in applying for college or what it was going to take to to be emotionally and academically prepared for medical school. Um, they were always cheering me on. Um, so I'm really, really thankful for that. Um, and, you know, I think in the ways that I knew even before I started medical school that I wanted to work with underserved Spanish speaking populations. Like the heart of that is really my family's story and wanting to, to be a part of, um, you know, helping, um, pointing towards wellness uh, communities that look and felt like my family growing up. How did you decide to go into medicine? You know, I wish I had a good answer for that. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a doctor and I just held on to that. Um, and it, you know, it, it like, it makes sense for my personality. I love being with people. I love helping people. I love hearing people's stories. Um, and it just made sense. Uh, for me, but there were definitely some years um, in college where I questioned whether I had what it took, whether I was good enough, smart enough uh, to be able to do it. And I explored other options. But in the end, I just kept coming back like, no, I, I think this is what I want to do. And I'm, I'm going to have to work really hard to get there because I, you know, I didn't have the grades I would have wanted in college. Um, and um, so yeah, I faced some barriers. I did not get into medical school the first time I applied, um, but uh, all of that just kind of helped me get clear about my goals and my dreams. And I found some incredible mentors along the way that um, really helped me get uh, to where I am today. So I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So cool, a total success story. And it sounds like you're really helping um, students with similar backgrounds, you know, to do the same thing as you're doing. Um, I mean, how do you see diversity um, and, you know, equity and inclusion factoring into medicine now? It's something, you know, I think we hear those words a lot, but you're actually doing it. Yeah. And even that, you know, my, I feel like it's just an incredible opportunity to get to do some tangible work that is promoting equity and inclusion and diversity at UCSD. Um, it's incredible. It's, uh, yeah, I, I pinch myself sometimes. <laughs> this like really, truly, 
um, I have gotten to build my dream job over the last 13 years and um, where I am today and getting to do um, some more kind of concrete pipeline work has been really, really special. Um, but even, you know, when I think about the free clinic and some of our volunteers who serve as interpreters, many of them are first generation students, many of them um, come from immigrant families, um, many of them, you know, are, are in a similar place to where I was where family can, can, you know, be cheering you on, but they don't exactly know how to help you get um, to where you want to be. And so, um, yeah, just uh, offering myself, um, sharing my story. Uh, and, you know, the, like, the amazing serendipitous parts of my story, but also the, the challenging parts of my story, because, you know, my, my path to medical school was not exactly straight, and my path through medical school and um, residency wasn't exactly, um, you know, lined with flowers, and so I think sharing my truth uh, about my experience is really important, because I think that can be a really discouraging part of people's journeys when they've find themselves with challenges. They, they don't get in um, to school the first time they apply or they don't have the GPA that they would have wanted that would make getting into medical school easier. Um, and I think there's just this risk for people to, to give up um, uh, or to, to feel like the world is saying, no, this isn't for you. Um, and so I, I hope that sharing my story helps people kind of hold on to those dreams and push back on those notes and say, no, I, I can, um, I can do this and I need to do this because my community needs me, you know, and I think that's a really important part of promoting um, diversity and equity and inclusion is like people need doctors who look like them, who speak their language and, and we just need to continue to um, create pathways for um, our medical schools and our hospitals, um, our institutions to look like the communities that we live in um, and that we serve. And so that is incredibly motivating to me. It is something that has become a true passion for me. And so, um, so whether it's sharing my story, whether it's sitting down and grabbing coffee with someone and hearing their story and um, trying to help them overcome their challenges, reading personal statements, writing letters of recommendation, um, whatever whatever I can do to be helpful and supportive of other students who um, are facing bumps along the road. Um, it's, I, I have often said like medicine needs you, <laughs> like we need um, those um, voices, those, those people um, in, in our schools, in our institutions. And so um, just um, saying that out loud, I think uh, is really important. Yeah, it's so powerful. And your passion about it really comes through, you know, when you talk about it and your story is so inspiring. Like there's not just one way. And I don't know about other people, but I, I sometimes think there's just one way. Like you said, you have to get perfect grades. You got to get in the first time you have to do this, that, and the other. And you're like, no, it actually doesn't work that way. You can, you know, make your own way. That's really cool. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, you know, 
you mentioned in your your 13 year career um you've been doing this that's that's not that long you know like you've accomplished a lot in a very short amount of time um but obviously that you know there's still you still have a lot of time to do a lot of things and so i'm wondering what are future goals for you or just things that you still want to do yeah um so i think for me one of my um professional dreams, I would say, is I would love to see um, more language concordant care, especially, you know, here in San Diego, being so close to the border, we have so many Spanish-speaking patients, and I would just love to see our, um, our medical workforce um, being able to meet the needs of those patients um, in their their language. And so I have a lot of dreams about building a program at UCSD that allows um, students who are interested in becoming bilingual proficient Spanish speaking providers, the opportunity to do that. Acknowledging that medical school is a terrible time to learn a language. <laughs> there's already a lot um, that students have to learn and manage and hold in their brains, but also, um, you know, students come with so much enthusiasm and passion and commitment, and um, I, I would just love to create a pathway for students to, to be able to do that. So that's one of my, like, long-term visions. Um, that's brilliant. Does that exist? That just seems, like, so smart and so, like, it's just such a good idea. Yeah, there, there are a couple um, medical schools across the country that have um, something very similar. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely um, a dream, a goal, and something we're working towards at UCSD. We're, we're kind of building it piece by piece, but, but eventually, um, yeah, uh, a, a pathway for students to be able to do that, I think, would be really so meaningful and such an asset to our institution and an asset to our city and and our patients so that's a goal um and then something that i loved to do earlier in my career and i haven't done a lot of is global medicine i haven't um gotten to to travel um to other countries and see healthcare systems and um and consider um, how I could be helpful uh, in that way. Um, so always something that is kind of in the back of my mind. Um, but I think what I've learned at Free Clinic is, um, you know, we don't need to leave our city to see um, diverse patients. We don't need to leave our city to take care of the underserved. Um, we have them right here. And so um, so in, in many ways, I, I feel so fortunate that, you know, my job isn't just my job, but there's so much meaning and purpose in, in getting to, to be with, um, those who lack access to care, um, and who have faced, um, challenges in their lives, um, getting to be a part of, um, their healthcare team through the free clinic has just been a really, you know, meaningful part of my life. 
Awesome. Well, I hope you do get to accomplish both of those goals. I don't have any doubts that you will, <laughs> but thank you, uh, Dr. Rodriguez so much for sharing your story with me. It's, it's so inspiring. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really lovely to get to talk to you. And, um, and yeah, I always, my hope is always that in sharing my story, that people will be encouraged um, and inspired to, to continue to chase their dreams and to make a difference in our city and in the world, make it a better place. Thank you again to Dr. Natalie Rodriguez for joining me on Name Drop San Diego. As always, if there's someone in the community you would like to learn more about, please get in touch. You can reach me at christy.totten at sduniontribune.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-Y dot T-O-T-T-E-N at sduniontribune.com. Thanks for listening.